Angela Yee and Charlemagne the God. The, the Breakfast Club, bitches. <laughs> the voice of the culture. People watch The Breakfast Club for like news and really be tuned in. It's one of my favorite shows to do just because y'all always keep it 100, y'all keep it real. They might not watch the news, but they're on Twitter, they're on Facebook, they're, you know, they're listening to The Breakfast, the Breakfast Club. Get your ass up. Yo 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 Yes. <sighs> <laughs> Nobody got nothing. Nah. No, I just came morning. back from a wedding. I was in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, so shout out to Natari Naughton and to Lewis. They got married over the weekend. Congrats to them. Yeah, it was in Atlanta at the St. Regis. It was a beautiful wedding, I have to say. It was a lot of activities, but... Yes, I know we're not supposed to really post anything till after they post their stuff, but it was full of activities. And before that, I was in L.A. for like a, a week. So now I'm back in New York. I came home last night. My house is a hot mess because I just realized I didn't prepare. I pack at the last minute. So instead of packing the night before, I wake up early. I woke up at like 3 in the morning and packed, and I forgot how terrible my house was until I got home. Oh. But now I'm here. Oh, I ain't doing nothing fun this weekend. Well, the, weekend the weekend is starting to feel like one sleep. Okay, one sleep. That's no. what the weekend's starting to feel like. Friday, I took the kids on an Easter egg hunt. They had an Easter egg hunt. I know it's early, but I took the kids on an Easter egg hunt. Then I was Why? in Minneapolis. Why? What? It's not even Easter. When is Easter? I mean, they started early, though. They had an Easter Man. egg hunt. These towns have them early. So Why? They, I don't know. I don't that, ask. That, 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 that defeats the whole purpose. Does it? So they think Isn't Easter, Easter passed? to be about Jesus? Yes. And on a certain day with Jesus... Laid eggs? What did Jesus do? He resurrected? Jesus didn't lay no eggs. What are you talking the about? The resurrection? <laughs> resurrection Something like eggs. that. I yeah, don't know. That, that was in the Minneapolis. I know it ain't no time to. soon. Nobody it? watched the Grammys last night? No, I was watching uh, NCAA, the Women's Championship. The Lady Gamecocks dropping the clues bonds for the South Carolina Gamecocks. Yeah, they National the champions. We'll talk about that in front page news. What else we got? Uh, we are going to talk about a lot of airlines cancel flights. Like I said, I just got in last night. My flight was delayed, delayed. And when I landed, I saw a lot of people and heard them talking about their flight was canceled twice before they were able to get back. So we'll tell you what was going on over the weekend. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Look alive. It's Monday, morning, y'all. everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now, congratulations to the South Carolina Gamecocks. Hey. They beat the Huskies 64-49 to last night. Now, tonight is the NCAA tournament, the championship game, uh, Kansas versus uh, the Tar Heels. Hey, drop on the clues bombs from, from my lady Gamecocks. Okay. What Don Staley has built in Columbia is to be admired, her second national championship in my wife's alma mater. So, salute to the Gamecocks. Now, Coach K, it was his last game, and uh, North Carolina beat Duke uh, Saturday night, 81-77, and he spoke on his last game. For me, my entire time coaching, I always wanted at the end of the year, or whatever the last game is, where you're either crying for joy or you're crying for sorrow. Um, and if you are, that means you've put everything into it. And I have a, a bunch of kids who are crying. 
That was a good ass game Saturday night. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see the storybook ending. I wanted to see Coach K. Uh, Me too. You know, go out with a national championship, but you know, that's not the way too. things were. But he had a great, great career. And I saw Drake bet a hundred thousand dollars on the Duke Blue Devils beating the North Carolina Tar Heels, but he lost. Yeah, he lost. Now he's been doing good with his bets though recently, though. What else we got, Yeezy? All right. Well, Sacramento police are looking for the public's help. They're trying to find multiple shooters who opened fire downtown early yesterday morning. They killed six people and left the city with, quote, a broken heart, according to the mayor. In addition to the six people who were killed, those 12 people were wounded at the scene near 10th and K Streets, according to police in a statement. Here is police chief Kathy Lester speaking on the shooting. The scale of violence that just happened in our city is unprecedented during my 27 years here at the Sacramento Police Department. We are shocked and heartbroken by this tragedy. Now, what was that? I saw the videos here and there, but I didn't dig in simply because it was the weekend and I didn't want to entertain that energy in the moment. But what was it? What, what was it, like a mass shooting? Was it a fight? What was it? Yeah, so they said that... Um well, investigators are interviewing a number of witnesses. I already have spoken to people, gotten hundreds, they said, of pieces of evidence from the scene, including a stolen handgun. They said members of the public did send in tips and video from the incident, some of which had also been captured by a nearby police camera. So uh, they're still investigating. They don't know. They don't know what yeah, it was. They're still they investigating. Two shooters. This they was just yesterday, and that's what they, they know. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right, now airlines canceled more than 3,500 U.S. flights over the weekend and delayed thousands more. They said that weather in Florida and other issues was the reason for that as people were going on spring break, getting their flights for that. People were on social media complaining about waiting on hold or in lines for hours to get their canceled flights rescheduled and some of the people were being stranded for days. I was saying earlier when I landed, there were people discussing flying in from L.A. and their flight got canceled three different times. So they finally managed to get in. But they said it was weather and airspace congestion uh, that were the reasons and technology issues as well. So people are still trying to get back. And five people were injured Friday night in a shooting in South Carolina. They said that officers responded to a call around 1130 regarding people shooting at each other. And when they arrived, they described a rural one lane dirt road. And dispatchers were having problems obtaining information from the chaotic scene. They said some occupants went to a house near the location and other injured parties ran south on Logan Farm Road to escape. The victims were four males and one female aged 17 to 33. It's unclear what led to the shooting or if law enforcement agencies have made any arrests at this point. Mm. All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, phone lines are wide open again, 800-585-1051. And don't forget, next hour, legendary talk show host Ricky Lake. Y'all remember Ricky Lake, right? She'll be joining us. She started in Hairspray also. Mm -hmm. So we're going to kick it with Ricky Lake and her uh, producing partner, Abby Epstein, will be joining us. All right? So it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. I'm I'm Hey, what you doing, man? This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yo, yo, what's up? This is Johnny from OKC. Johnny, what up? Johnny. Get it off your chest. Man, Kings, I just wanted to call and say I'm blessed, man. I'm on my way into work. I've been blessed with the the dream opportunities. I really just wanted to call and thank y'all for everything y'all do for the culture, man. I listen to y'all every day. And I wanted to give a uh, shout-out to Charlemagne, man. I just got myself into therapy. 
about two weeks ago, man, just started trying to work on my mental health. Man, I love hearing go. that, my brother. You sound like you got your life together, King. Man, trying to, bro. I also wanted to see if uh, you had any books that you could send me. I'm, I'm in the process of finishing Shook Ones right now. I do. I'm gonna send you what I got up here. I got uh, I got some shallow waters by Anita Kopax up here. It's a love letter to Yimmy Ya. I think you like it. I'm gonna send it to you. Hold on, all right? Man, I, I love that. Yep. Hello, who's this? Good morning. This is Precious. Hey, Precious. Good morning. Hey, how you doing? How y'all doing? What's doing up, well. Precious? Get it off your chest, Precious. All right. Good morning. Like I said, I know that this is April. I tried to call y'all in February. I just don't like the way that we are teaching Black history today to these kids. I know we all went through slavery or whatnot, but it's 28 days in February since they want to give us February. Every day in February, we can teach these kids about something a black person invented for the first time or accomplished. Every day we could be learning about something that black people did and accomplished in today's world or back in the day. I got my small kid, he's six years old, coming home talking about, Mama, I don't got no more friends no more. He's the only black kid in his class because he's black. So I don't know exactly what the teacher taught him, but it ain't because he's black that he can't have no more friends. He should have been coming home every day telling me something about something a black man did. That sounds like two well, different issues, though. <laughs> that that sounds like two different issues, Queen. One is social and one is um, educational. Like the social aspect, I don't know why you, you, your young man don't have no friends, but what's the correlation between that and black history? I, I, I think it's the education, not the social part. Let's do the education. He came home, and he learned about black history. He learned about slavery. He learned about black folks getting beat. That's what he said. Oh, he so then he decided he didn't want to be around the white people no more. There you go. There oh, you okay. go. There you go. You you can understand so that. You can understand when we when yeah. you when you first take in some of that information, or you watch something like Roots or Birth of a Nation, you be feeling like that. You need some time away from white people for a second. And where you from, Mama? You too, but he the only black kid in his class. So I'm gonna do take a week off from school. Where no, you just from? take a week off from white people. Where, where you from? <laughs> I'm from Pahokee. Where? Yeah, Pahokee, Florida. Oh, Florida. Okay. Just give him a minute. That's or you, all. Or you put him in. Or you put him in other programs where he he sees some some more black kids. I, you know what y'all saying? I want him to come home every day telling me something about he's gonna learn a black person for the first time and visit something, something. I I understand what you're saying, but you you really trying you're you're trying to hide reality from your young man now. now. Like you just sit. Now, come on, now. I, I can teach him that at home, but I want him to be coming home telling me, "Oh, mama, the uh, X, Y, and Z just learned this uh, today. He invented this, or he invented that." Twenty-eight days now, we can be learning about the black folks. Twenty-eight days. That's right, true, mama. but he also gonna learn. He also gonna learn that ninety-five percent of stuff that black people invented, white people stole. <laughs> so see, either way, he's gonna be pissed off. Just give him a minute. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Let's go. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? Yo, what's going on, Breakfast Club? Good morning. This is Tyler from Chicago. How y'all feeling? Tyler, what up, Peace, man? Tyler. Get it off your chest. Hey, I'm good. I'm good, man. I just wanted to give a... Well, first off, uh, Yee, welcome back. I Thank you. you. Great. Absolutely. But the guys, y'all, y'all held it down, so shout out to y'all. Um, but yeah, Yee, you remember the Fleet Club in Chicago, right? I, I saw they got robbed for the fifth time. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I just wanted to, man, that's, that stuff is absolutely crazy. I just wanted to bring a little bit of awareness to that. Y'all got to stop hitting Flea Club, man. One of the owners of the Flea, uh, Flea Club, it's a sneaker store yeah. and sportswear store in Chicago. Mm-hmm. He was uh, booing, Ga- he's booing Gotti from um, the yep. group that R. Kelly and then Cash Money was down yep. with. So their store has been robbed five times. Yeah. 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 They keep getting hit. They keep, I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know if they got a target on their back or not, but y'all need to stop with the hate. Y'all need to, you know what I'm saying, uh, celebrate black excellence and celebrate black businesses because we don't really got no boutiques like that out here that's owned by brothers. Yeah, so they, it's, just, it's discouraging. They stole like $70,000 worth of stuff oh, in, this, yeah. in this last one. And I saw the video yeah. surveillance footage yeah. that they put up and you could see somebody yeah. was on the phone with someone so it looked like they were instructing them on where to go Absolutely. to get yeah, the stuff. It's, it's an inside job. It's an inside job. And it's bad that they ain't got people that they can trust. But I just wanted to bring a little awareness to that, man. And, you know, just say, just, y'all need to embrace black excellence. Y'all need to love black clothing, black brands. Y'all need to yeah. just show some love, man. For well, real. it's sad because they say they're packing up. They say they're going. They're not, they're not coming yeah. back. And like you yeah, said, they're like you yeah. said, we need we need stores like that in our own community. But absolutely, and it's messed up, man. But hey, I appreciate y'all letting me get that off. Uh, y'all stay Dingo Fresh, man. I'm, I own Dingo Clothing in Chicago, man. Okay. So I'm trying to do my thing out here. I appreciate y'all and you know let me get that off. Be well, safe, shout out brother. to you. You guys follow Flea Club Chicago. I know they got a GoFundMe because they've been going through a lot. Hello, who's this? Uh, this is Cheat Code. Chico, what up? Get it off your chest. I want to say that black folks have got to stop saying we have got to do better. When Dylan Ruth killed all those black people in the church, not one black, not one white person came to you and said, hey, man, uh, we got to do better. Hey, what that mean? I say that about white people, though. Like, yes, white supremacy, white. I mean, I don't even know if you can expect white supremacists to do better. But yes, America has to do better. This white racist system has to do better. What's wrong with saying that? No, Americans can do better. I'm talking specifically about black people. Because, see, when white people attack black people, they're always judged as individuals. When, when black attacks white, then we're always judged as a group. And so as a group, we're always carrying that burden. And that's, that's not right. I get what you're saying, but I, don't, I, dis, I disagree. I think that, you know, systemic racism is definitely a group effort, sir. So I don't I don't I don't judge yeah. indiv- I don't judge individual acts of racism as as individual. I ju- I judge it as uh, a byproduct of a larger system. Sure, as Americans, yeah, we should all be working towards that. But as a as a subset of that group, people shouldn't be carrying that burden. Like if you don't live in that neighborhood, if you're not engaged in those activities, mm-hmm. you have nothing to do with them. Right, he's saying, saying when one black person does something, we don't have to say, hey, we got to do better, black people, because when white people do things that are messed up, no one says that. They just be like, it was one bad seed. He had issues. Well, maybe we got a different exactly. sense of com- maybe we got a different sense of community because we're a smaller population. You ever thought about that? No, I mean that could be true too. But if you don't live in that neighborhood and you're not engaged in those activities then you don't need to be carrying those burdens. And when people come to you at work with their with their microaggressions, you don't need to answer for those people because you don't live in that neighborhood and you're not engaged in those activities. That's all that I'm saying. I'm right. not, I, I, don't, yeah, I don't know if I agree with He's that. He's like, don't though. hold everybody accountable for one person's actions. Thank you for calling. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's a burden, but if I do see, you know, a, a black man moving a certain way, I do look at him as, you know, part of a community, regardless. All right. Well, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can always hit us up. Uh, I just want to shout out to Harvest of O, Ohio. Uh, It's a black woman that owns a bunch of dispensaries in Ohio. She owns, I believe, four or five out there. She's doing very well. She was talking to me about how difficult it was to get in the industry and how... uh, 
uh, a couple people even came up to her store and wrote nigga on her building because mm-hmm. she's the, the, the one of the very few black owned dispensaries. I met her over the weekend. Very, very good. And when you see nice that, I'm sure you get inspired and you feel like, damn, you know, we, a lot of us really doing good out here. That's right. So that, it's community. Yeah, it's, so it's community. the same thing. When you see somebody doing good, you salute them and you feel like we are part of a larger community. Mm-hmm. When you see some of us out here wild and you be like, yo, we got to do better. And you go you go try to instill something into that person too. I want to just shout out to that sister. If you're out in uh, Cleveland, make sure you go, or Ohio, I should say, make sure you go support her family-owned black business. Good morning to her. All right. Now we got rumors on the way? Yes, and let's talk about Monique and Lee Daniels. They have ended... Their long-lasting feud. They hadn't spoken for 13 years. We'll tell you how it ended. All right. We'll get into that when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee. Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Monique. It's about time. What's going on? Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is The Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee. Breakfast Club. Well, it's been 13 years since they last spoke, and now Monique and Lee Daniels have officially ended their feud, and they are even working together. Over the weekend, Lee Daniels came on stage during Monique's comedy event, and here's what happened. I am so sorry for hurting you in any way that I did. Y'all, she was my best friend. My best friend. Y'all think that Precious was just, that wasn't, that was, that was God working through both of us. And we gon' do it again. I love you. I love you. I love you. That's a beautiful apology. And you can tell it was sincere because it was, what, 13 years later? It was public and you didn't have to do it. Right. She had accused Lee Daniels, Oprah Winfrey, and Tyler Perry of blackballing her because she would not promote... Uh, their film during award season. It wasn't in her contract, she said, and she didn't want to spend time away from her family. Now, they have denied blackballing her, but sources said the actress and the director didn't speak for 13 years because of this disagreement. Mm. So, uh, they are going to be working together on Demon House. She'll be replacing Octavia Spencer in that new Netflix movie. And there you have it. They'll be back together again. Now, I also saw that T.S. Madison was saying that she wanted to know, let you know, for the record, it was most definitely her upcoming interview on Turn Turns Out with T.S. on Fox All with her good friend Lee Daniels. It most definitely shifted the atmosphere with Monique. She said, trust me, I'm so happy that 13 years have been fully mended. And she said, y'all was all right when people were saying 50 Cent made this and that happened. But the tone changed soon as I stated that no moves was made till after that woman sat down with me. And then I showed where I sat down with Lee in an upcoming interview. And now it's so what, child? So she's letting y'all know that the catalyst for all of this was from those interviews. Okay. All right. Now, Will Smith has resigned from the Academy after the whole situation with Chris Rock at the Oscars where he slapped him and he did uh, release a statement. I have directly responded to the Academy's disciplinary hearing notice, and I will fully accept any and all consequences for my conduct. My actions at the 94th Academy Awards presentation were shocking, painful, and inexcusable. The list of those I have heard is long and includes Chris, his family, many of my dear friends and loved ones, all those in attendance, and global audiences at home. I betrayed the trust of the Academy. I deprived other nominees and winners of their opportunity to celebrate So he goes on to say that he is resigning from membership in the Academy of Motion Picture Arts Mm -hmm. and Sciences and will accept any further consequences the board deems appropriate. There's still going to be more consequences, though. I'm sure sure the Academy is going to do something. I mean, they're showing it now, but don't don't y'all think it's wild that 
they're starting to pull his movies, Netflix. Pull well, they they didn't stuff. necessarily pull it. They put it on hold. That so we don't know what's going to happen moving forward. And we don't know if he wanted things on hold. Exactly. Or I don't really know what's happening behind the scenes with that. But his upcoming Netflix movie, Fast and Loose and Bad Boys 4, has been put on hold following the Oscar stuff. That's not canceling yet. Mm. That yeah. just means that it's on hold. And to your point, if it's on hold, I'm sure it's on hold because he probably wants to go away for a while. He probably wants to go somewhere and, you know, continue on his healing journey. And Netflix and Apple, who are both set to release a slave thriller starring Will this year, has made they've made no public statements regarding plans to drop the movie or move forward these projects and all of that. Now there's oh, a lot. Oh yeah, because he's doing that movie. Um, you, you've seen the picture with the mm-hmm. with the slave with the whelps on his back. Mm-hmm. He's playing yeah. that character. I forget the brother's name, but yeah, he's playing that character. All right, so there's also been a lot of people uh, commenting on everything that's happened. Uh, Denzel Washington sat down with T.D. Jakes, and here's what he had to say. There's a saying, when the devil ignores you, then you know you're doing something wrong. Wait a minute, I'm not done now. <laughs> you know, the, the devil goes, oh, no, leave him alone. He's my favorite. <laughs> Conversely, when the devil comes at you, Maybe it's because you're trying to do something right. And for whatever reason, the devil got a hold of that, of that circumstance. Interesting. The devil is always there if you ask me, though. And I think life is about choices. And sometimes we submit our will to God. Sometimes we submit our will to the devil. Well, Denzel was consoling, as you saw, uh, Will Smith after everything happened at the Oscars. He was seen consoling him during the commercial break. Mm-hmm. All right, now Bill Maher has weighed in, and here's what he had to say about uh, Chris Rock's hair joke. I don't even know that. I don't even know because I didn't even know anything about GI Jane because I've I never saw it, so I didn't even understand what the joke was. The joke was at first, but here's what Bill Maher had to say. Comparing a woman to Demi Moore looking her hottest is not exactly the worst insult I've ever heard in the world. I mean, alopecia. It's not leukemia, okay? Alopecia is when, it's when your hair falls out. If you are so lucky in life as to have that be your medical problem, just say thanks, God. It's not, it's not life-threatening. You know, it's part of, for most people, it's part of aging. And, you know, just put on a f***ing wig like everybody else at the Oscars. And- <laughs> I don't want to downplay alopecia. It's <laughs> devastating for a lot of people who have it. So I don't know if that's necessarily uh, what the issue is. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know how alopecia impacts Jada or any woman. So I can't tell her how to react to her condition because what may be like to you could be heavy to somebody else. And she's spoken on it and yeah. how devastating it is for her. But, so but we I don't want to make light of her alopecia either. But, but I did enjoy Bill Maher's take. Didn't agree with all of it, but I, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I've seen a lot of comedians, a lot of people going at Jada. I think that's wild to me. <sighs> yeah. You know, that's the other issue, though. You have a moment like that, and now you've opened Pandora's box for people yeah. to have so many things to say because you did, you know, something happened so publicly, and now everybody's, that's like the hot topic. Yeah, but go at Will. You said what? I said go at Will. Go with Will? You went to go, go at Will? Will, not at his Oh, you said go, go at, at Will. Will. Oh, I thought he was you. like... Uh, speaking like, go forth. No, go no, go man. at Will, not his wife. <laughs> I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, let all the slander be towards Will. Will, not not his wife. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. All right, well, that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Missy. Now, front page news, what are we talking about? Yes, and today could be a historic day. We're hoping it is, and we'll tell you why. Okay, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. 
It's Angela Yee. Have you taken a look at the general insurance lately? Switch to the general and you could save over $500 on your car insurance. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. The General Auto Insurance Services, Inc., an insurance agency, Nashville, Tennessee. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get some front page news. Now, uh, congratulations to the Gamecocks, the South Carolina Gamecocks. They beat the Huskies 64-49. Man, drop on the clues bombs for the South Carolina Gamecocks, okay? My South Carolina Lady Gamecocks, they won their second national championship under uh, Don Staley. So mm-hmm. drop on the clues bombs for Don Staley. Big cock energy, damn it. <laughs> and tonight. Right, one time for the 803, the Metro. Right, whatever you want. All right. And tonight, the men's final is at 920. The Tar Heels take on Kansas. Now, what else we got, Yeezy? All right. Well, today, the Senate is poised to vote on whether to confirm Katanji Brown-Jackson to the Supreme Court. They said she is in good shape to win a lifetime appointment and become the first black woman on the court. They are set to meet today and vote on whether to advance Katanji Jackson, uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson, Uh, to a judge on the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals for Washington, D.C. So here is Senator Roy Blunt uh, speaking on this. He is a Republican. She's certainly qualified. I think she's got a great personality. I think will be a good colleague on the court. She's certainly going to be confirmed. I think it'll be a high point for the country to see her go on the court and take uh, her unique perspective to the court. All right. So looks like it is going to happen. But he did also say that he won't be supporting her and he'll be joining others in understanding the importance of this moment, even though he's not supporting her confirmation. All right. The House has passed a bill again to federally decriminalize marijuana. Here is the passage of that bill in the House. On this vote, the yeas are 220 and the nays are 204. The bill is passed without objection. A motion to reconsider is laid on the table. All right. Now, the bill does also expunge the record of people convicted of nonviolent cannabis offenses. And uh, I don't know if it's going to pass, though. Of course it's not. Yeah. Because of the Republicans. Yeah. And that bill would be the Senate is not going to pass that. Like that headline is so misleading because that still has to pass through the Senate and be signed by the president to become legislation. And this happened a couple of years ago, too. And a similar bill was passed in the House, but did not make it through the Senate. The Republicans have an issue. And that is the Moore Act. That's what their real issue is, because when changing the nation's drug laws, the federal government should they also take steps to provide financial incentives to people who were most harshly impacted by the war on drugs. I say yes, of course, you have to do that. But Republicans say no. The House passes everything, by the way. The House passed the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. The House passed uh, the George Floyd Policing Act. The House passed, you know, to decriminalize marijuana. But if it doesn't pass through the Senate, it doesn't become legislation. If it doesn't pass through the Senate and get signed by the president, it doesn't become legislation. And a lot of Democrats are saying that this is non-negotiable, this equity grant, all these programs that they're planning to have, because clearly people of color, black people were affected most harshly by the war on drugs. I think black people are four times more likely to go to jail for a drug offense for canna- for cannabis than a white person. This is such a misleading so, headline. Like mm-hmm. I saw the headline this weekend and everybody's like, oh yes, finally, congratulations. I'm like, that it means nothing. It passed mm-hmm. through the House. It still got to pass through the Senate and get signed by the president to become legislation. The House passes everything, people. 
All right, now the city of L.A. has agreed to spend up to $3 billion over the next five years, and that is to house some of their 41,000 residents who are homeless, according to a proposed settlement that was announced on Friday. They've also agreed to create enough shelter to accommodate 60% of homeless people in each of the 15 council districts. Those who are considered chronically homeless or who have a chronic illness will remain the county's responsibility. So this all stems from a complaint that was filed in 2020 by a group of business owners, residents, and community leaders. They accused the city and county officials of failing to address the desperate circumstances that homeless people face, including hunger, crime, squalor, and the COVID pandemic. All right, so that is your front page news. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, Ricky Lake will be joining us. Y'all remember Ricky Lake? Of course. Daytime talk show host. We're going to be kicking it with Ricky Lake and one of her producers, Abby Epstein. She makes a lot of dope documentaries now. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk to them when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Absolutely. Ricky Lake. The legend. The legend. You're too kind. Good morning. Nice to see you. you. Oh, well, funny you should mention that. I'm doing a new show where I'm doing a podcast with my old show called Raised by Raised Ricky. Raised by Ricky. Yeah, wow. what do you think? I think that's a great idea. I am I just realized what the concept is just now when you said it, because I just thought it was going to be, you know, you doing a podcast, you know, talking about current events, but it, you're reliving the show. Yeah, we're going to go back in time and break down these episodes. Wow. I mean, Because, you know, Lemonada Media is an amazing podcast company. These women are badasses. And they approached me. And I, you know, I've been asked to do a podcast, as everyone has over the years. And I was like, no. We, t- Abby Epstein, my partner and I. Good morning, Abby. talked about morning, it. Good morning. My filmmaking partner. I'm so happy she's here. But no, this concept, something about, you know, first of all, it's a 30, this year's 30 years that I did the pilot of the Ricky Lake Jesus show. Jesus Christ. So I was 20. Three years old when I did the pilot. I'm now 53. So, you know, it was really interesting to me. I think what we were able to do back then, I didn't think of it at the time as groundbreaking, but the issues we were able to cover, Mm -hmm. um, the way we treated gay people, the way we treated mixed race couples, the way we, you know, it was just, we covered a lot of bases. Mm -hmm. And I think it'll be really interesting to go back with the lens of now, where we are now. Have we made progress? Have we gone backwards? And we're going to have a co-host that's Gen Z, that's probably, you know, someone who's non-binary, certainly a person of color, mm-hmm. and who didn't grow up with me, mm-hmm. and kind of tell the story and bring back old guests, old experts, and I, I think it'll be a lot of fun. You know what I love about shows like Ricky Lake, even Donahue back in the day, even early Oprah, y'all sat down with people you had differences with. You sat down with people you may not have agreed with. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, if you do that, they'll call you problematic. Yes. I, I don't understand that. I don't either. I mean, I, and that's why I'm glad I don't have the show that I had back then now. It just feels like you're walking on eggshells no matter what you do. You're going to piss someone off. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just think it, it's it's going to be a, a cool experiment. I mean, I think we're all nostalgic for that time, the 90s. And uh, I'm, I'm up for it. No, I'm I'd love to see it. you and Arsenio do that. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that. Oh, no, before but we, we didn't ask one question. What's that? How are you? I'm amazing. Oh, yeah. I am the best me I have ever been. You know, which is like I did that show and my name was on the rug and mm-hmm. I didn't really have a sense of who I was. And I mm-hmm. think in making these documentaries that I've been making with Abby for more than 15 years, mm-hmm. I've really come into a place of like knowing my voice and what I believe in and what I stand for. And I've now, you know, gone dark i lost my partner five years ago to Mm, bipolar and suicide Mm -hmm. but i've now five years later met the man of my dreams and i just got married two months ago i'm congrats living my best life thank you so much how are you abby 
I'm so good. I'm so happy to be with this woman. We just had our double feature premiere last night, Mm -hmm. and we watched this movie we made 14 years ago in the same theater that it premiered in at the IFC Center, Business of Being Born. And we just both sat there with my son, who's now 15, who was born in the movie. Wow. And Mm -hmm. like we had chills the whole time, you know, because we were watching this going, I can't believe that we made this in 2008. It still holds up. Wow. It was powerful. Yeah. I was it was say, a powerful. Let's start from the beginning. Before you guys met, what made you start the Ricky Lake show? You were only 24 years old. What said, what, what made you think, this is what I want to do? You want to know the honest truth? Absolutely. It was the job that came along. Honestly, I had been a guest. I don't, you guys are younger than me. Mm-hmm. But um, I Not was a guest. Much. Uh, well, I'm 53 and I was, <laughs> I was, I did, okay. I did hairspray when I was 18 mm-hmm. and I, Letterman, David Letterman was a big fan of John Waters. And so he would have me on over and over again, kind of like Sandra Bernhard back then. And it was from those appearances that they thought of me. They were, uh, this guy, Garth Ancier, was a kind of media whiz. He wanted to do a younger show because he looked at Oprah and Donahue and they were skewing over 55. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to do something to skew towards younger women, primarily women 18 to 34, 18 to 49. So they went on a search and I was one of a hundred women at that time. I went and flirted with three gay guys. <laughs> I didn't know they were gay, but I just <laughs> I just brought out my skills and they gave me the pilot. And I was like so broke at that time. I was living in a pool house in the valley north of Victory. If anybody knows where that is, no one spoke English. And I, you know, I was kind of couldn't get my agent to call me back. And I got this opportunity. I was like, all right, I'll do it for five thousand dollars. I needed my rent paid for a year and I'll do do it for that. Luckily we renegotiated and it turned into this phenomenon and it wasn't a calculated move. Every step of my career, including the business of being born, is never yep. coming from a place of like seeing the big picture. Mm-hmm. It's really about, yeah. all right, that sounds good. I could do it. Um, so I think I have this confidence in me and also this like naivety, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it's worked out. So the first time you got $5,000 to do the show? Well, yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> but the first season, so then my agent did get involved and they packaged the so show, the of course. the first season was $5,000? No, the pilot. Oh, okay. The, the pilot, pilot was okay, initially, okay. that was my opening bid was I'll do it for $5,000. And then the first year, you know, at my salary, I don't remember what it was, but at the end of the first year, the show was such a huge success. This is 1993. Mm-hmm. They gave me a bonus of a half a million dollars. Wow. Really? Yes. A lot of money in 93. A lot of money. That was a, a lot, lot of money, money for Ricky yeah. Lake. Like, I was broke. I w- my house was foreclosed at that time. Yeah, I was needing that money. And it was, you know, that show, it was, I mean, it was just my life. Like, I didn't have the concept like I'm 24 years old I don't even know who I am you know who mm-hmm. like, like the audacity to get on that stage and moderate these panels but I think looking back at it I, I, I was I was the perfect kind of person for that role because I was a good listener you know mm-hmm. I was very forthcoming about my own you know hardships I'm curious yeah. I'm so fascinated by people I don't judge people and so I think and you're those so are- real you're so real mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anybody who meets Ricky any of my friends but anyone who meets Ricky in five minutes they go that woman has the biggest heart. And she's just so real. Like, you don't meet a lot of celebrities that are like that anti-celebrity quality. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what worked on that show. Yeah, the show was a party. You know, it was just like, mm-hmm. you know, the people that came to our show, they waited months and months and months to get tickets back then. And, it, you know, it was always surprising. I mean, it was a little formulaic, I have to admit. Like, I knew, you know, I knew from the names. I could tell, okay, this is a black story. The first guests, the first guests were always the most outrageous, mm-hmm. you know, and then we'd have the white story and then we'd, you know, we'd balance it out. Um, but I feel like we, we did do a lot of good. Like we, you know, we, we definitely saw people and many times at their worst, but I feel like I treated everyone equally. I treated everyone with compassion and it was a good time. It you, was, did, you said something earlier that was interesting. You said, um, 
you know, it says a lot, right, about what women had to go through because you're obviously talented, but you say you had to flirt with the executives mm. <laughs> to get. The... I didn't. I don't think it was a prerequisite. It was just okay. my. It was my mo. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, they, did women feel that way, or was that just? Something? Well, I wasn't even like I was, you know, very like heavy set, and I, you know, wore a big flower hat. Probably. I mean, I didn't have a really a game. I didn't have any yeah, game yeah, back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. But I knew how to be charming and appealing, and it worked. It worked in my favor. But um. Yeah, that's the only game I know. Mm. All right, we got more with Ricky Lake and Abby Epstein. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Ricky Lake. So what is the business of birth control? Mm-hmm. We Well, in the same way, did you ever see the business of being born? No, I haven't. Uh, I urge you to because it's yeah. really you know we take a hard look at what birth you know the birthing world the medical system when it comes to birth and the same thing we look at the pill the history of the pill the racist piece of mm-hmm. it did you know that they tested you tell they tested the drug the pill initially on on black and brown women mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. yeah I mean I think that at the end of the day it's sort of like you can equate the business of birth control to in a way the opiate epidemic you know it's really profits over people. Um, it's it's the way, you know, we know women's bodies have been co-opted and controlled and exploited for years. So like Ricky was saying, we, we the film covers a lot of ground. It's, it's truly mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. I think people sit there for 90 minutes and they're like, I didn't know any of this. Shit. Like, I literally didn't know anything in your movie. So one thing is we look at some of the products that are out there, like the Nuva Ring that's had a lot, a lot of women die on it and you never hear about any of that you never hear about any of it because you get gag orders when you accept settlements Mm. so when the drug company settles with all these victims they're then not allowed to do any promotion so the stories in our film are the families who wouldn't settle they didn't didn't take the money because they want to change the labeling on these products they don't want other girls to die um so we tell that story and then like Ricky was saying, you know, we look back in time over the way birth control has been tied into eugenics, the way that it's always been used to, you know, weaponize basically against communities of color, um, how obstetrics was literally founded on slavery in Africa, the pill was tested on women in Puerto Rico, and on and on and on. Um, and then we also look at, in a positive way, you know, we look at this new generation that does not want to take the pill that their grandmothers took. Mm-hmm. Um, they're woke. They're ecological. They don't want to put, you know, endocrine hormones. Disruptors. Yeah, endocrine disruptors in their body. And so if the pharmaceutical companies aren't going to come along with, like, healthier options, they're going to make them up. You know, we're going to invent them. So you look at all these cool femtech entrepreneurs. And in a way, I think, you know, the younger generation, it's like they're – they're kind of a do-it-yourself generation. They're not going to rely on these big companies. And so, you know, we look at all the innovation that's happening, which mm-hmm. is super cool. Mm-hmm. Did it explore any of uh, Margaret Sanger? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, and then, that happened during the making of the film. It happened during her. the film, which was interesting. Yeah, so we originally, I remember, like, Gloria Steinem saw an early cut. And, you know, everyone was worried about that Margaret Sanger legacy. Like, oh, you're going to take her down. I think we're really fair to her in the movie. But then at the end of the movie, we we show an update about how Planned Parenthood in New York City took her name off the clinic. So, you know, that it's not so like they Planned Parenthood finally had to come out mm-hmm. and say, you know, let's be transparent. Like we cannot be identified mm-hmm. with our founder. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, that's why I think the timing of the movie was so good, because I think having that conversation about Margaret Sanger 
five years ago. Wouldn't have happened. Like, we would have gotten a lot of pushback. Yeah, my wife doesn't like birth control. That's why I get a vasectomy now. Because we just had our fourth daughter. <gasps> she's you. six months old. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, Congrats. she refuses to get back on birth control because it makes her sick. She hates it. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. awful. Like, all the options are terrible. And you go out there and talk to anybody, and they will tell you their birth control journey, and they'll tell you every product they used, and how depressed it made them, or how they lost mm-hmm. their sex drive, or how they got In fat. In my case, I mean, I had hair loss. I don't know if you know. I shaved yeah, my head a couple years ago. I was dealing with my hair is pretty much... It came back, but I attributed... Also, that was because of the birth control. Well, that's part of it. I mean, okay. I think it's a lot of yeah. things. I was putting extensions in my hair. I was coloring my hair. I was stressed about my hair. I have androgenetic uh, alopecia, which is the you know genetic hair loss over years. Yeah, it was all but of the above, but definitely birth control. If you mess with your hormones, think about it, you know? And it's like what we say in the film is like sometimes now these kids are getting put on 12, 13 years old for acne, for cramps, mm-hmm. you know, like... You'll see with your daughters, it's like you you got to make these decisions, right? When you have like a 13-year-old, 14-year-old that's like, oh, but my period cramps are so bad. And then the doctor's saying, well, just put her on the pill. That'll take care of everything. That's how they treat everything. Wow. And um, and that's, that's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it for the new generation. So I think it's like, you know, two things. One is there's a lot of things that people are getting put on the pill for that have nothing to do with birth control, right? Mm-hmm. Acne. Um, PCOS, PCOS, right? So we need actual treatments Mm. for these conditions. We need studies to happen on women. (laughs) Studies, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, we need to be more educated about the menstrual cycle so that there's other ways to intervene and relieve cramps or whatever the issues are. Mm -hmm. Because what's happening is these girls are going on at like 12, 13, 14. They're not really, you know, their hormones are not really developing. They're on something that's cut, like basically putting them into menopause at 13. Yikes. And they're not, and they're staying on it. Then mm-hmm. they stay on it for maybe 10, 20 years. I mean, these drugs were not designed or FDA approved to be on for the 20 long-term years. Use. Yikes. Did you know that when you're on these drugs, it changes your pheromones? Yes. It changes who you're attracted to. They do this t-shirt test that was out of what, mm-hmm. Sweden or something? Scotland, yeah. So it's actually your, your so your pheromones you know, it's like how you you can smell out attraction, right? Mm-hmm. So you know how if you like have sex with certain people, you like their smell, you mm-hmm. don't like their smell, right? That smell is actually giving your body information about their DNA. It's actually telling you whether you're going to make healthy offspring with that person. Wow. wow. And when you go on these birth control products, it takes that like animal sense offline. So you can't smell anymore. So they say, like, for women, the line is you're going to be attracted to someone who's more like brother than other. So you're attracted to more maybe kind of feminine men, you know, men that aren't don't have that kind of opposite polarity. Mm -hmm. And um, so you hear this a lot anecdotally, right, that women either go like are with a partner, decide they need some protection, go on the pill, suddenly they're not attracted anymore. Mm. Or the opposite. Or the opposite. When they go off to family plan, they suddenly are not into their guy. Oh, y'all about to make YouTube conspiracy thing go crazy. <laughs> YouTube conspiracy is about to go crazy. So listen, can it help you? Can it make you change your what gender you like as well? No. Oh, no. Oh, no. okay. All right, they won't go that crazy. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> now you talk about your hair condition. So how, how did you get your hair back healthy? So I you okay, so I think it's a lot of things. Like I said, I don't stress anymore. I, I mean, when I shaved my head in grand fashion at the turn of 2020, I mean, I did it in a way, like, can you curse on this show? Yeah, sure. Okay, I said, f*** it. Like, I was so done 
with struggling about my hair. It was my deep, dark secret. Every time I looked in the mirror, I could see my scalp, and it just it just drove me crazy. And the extensions were pulling. I'm sure many of your much of your audience knows what that's like. It's just mm-hmm. it's just it was painful, and it was because I was a public figure, and because I'm so outspoken, and honest, and authentic. I this was this piece of myself that I was hiding, and I just decided, all right, I'm gonna rock a bald head. I, you know, I don't know how it's gonna look. My friends were telling me, don't worry, you can do it. You're gonna be able to pull it off. And I just did it and gave up. And then I came into finding this product that I'm now an ambassador of. I've never taken an endorsement in my 30 plus year career. It's called Harklinikin and it's a shampoo and extract and something about the fermentation. I can't explain it, but it's non-toxic and it's helped my hair to be as healthy as it, as it can be. Now, you know where I'm going next. Were you offended mm-hmm. by Chris Rock's joke mm-hmm. towards Jada Pinkett Smith? Mm-hmm. I mean, I was more offended loss. by his actions. It's mm-hmm. like, it's, by, by Will Smith's actions. Okay. I mean, like I used to say on my old show, violence is never the answer. And the fact that it went to that extreme, I mean, nothing, nothing that comes out of anyone's mouth justifies a physical altercation. Mm-hmm. But I also did feel for Jada in that moment because I, I, I would hate to be the butt of that joke if someone were... And that was one of my fears when I did shave my head. Like, mm-hmm. I... I didn't. I didn't know what the reaction would be, and mm-hmm. I, 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 I couldn't think that far ahead. But I was so scared of people making fun of me or calling me names. So I definitely, it definitely struck a nerve for me because I think women suffering with that condition, mm-hmm. um, it's not funny. What if he but, didn't know? What? Yeah, no, no. I, I think yeah, I mean, there's a lot to the story. I mean, we're all speculating, but mm-hmm. I think there was a history with them and and the Oscars. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I saw this morning that her 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 reaction to the slap after the slap, she sort of smiled. I mean, we don't know. Mm-hmm. But I know for me personally, definitely a joke about a woman's hair loss is not is not funny. Alright, we got more with Ricky Lake and Abby Epstein. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Yeah, I'ma kiss them lips. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Ricky Lake. Charlamagne? Now, you did 12 seasons of the Ricky Lake. 11. 11 seasons. Oh, well, 11, and then I went back and did a new version of the show. Yes. I, that only ran for one year, but I, I won the Emmy that year. And you said you walked away from it? I did. The first show. I just okay. didn't renew. Yeah, I mean, it had kind of run its course. 9-11 had happened. I just, I wanted to get out of New York. I was going through a divorce. I mean, it just it just kind of fell apart. I mean, it, you know, Maury just ended his show. I mean, I feel like I could have had a run like that. No, I, I, not your I'm personality. No, 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 no. I love Maury, but I, I, yeah, 11 years was enough for the first show. The second show, I wanted to do more of a Donahue type show. Mm-hmm. That was my, my concept. I wanted to be elevated content, more provocative and thought provoking, and it didn't turn out to be that. What was the difference between the first run and the second run? Because like you say, you want to end One was the successful. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the first one. I mean, I think the timing of the first one and being in New York at that time was magic. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the second one. I was in bed with the wrong company, I think. The, the executive that was in charge of my production. We had different visions. You know, he wanted a different mm-hmm. type of show than I wanted to do. And I, you know, it goes back to making the business of being born with Abby. I kind of have a sense of who I am in right. a way that I didn't back then. And uh, yeah, so it was just, you know, in bed with you the wrong person. You did some good shows, though. You really did. We did. We did. Season. I actually did a show on suicide, which is so interesting because I didn't have I didn't have a history like I didn't know that Mm -hmm. at the time but I was called to do it and Mm -hmm. I fought so hard he said it was never going to rate it was never going to and I felt like we needed to do it and and it was one of the shows I'm I'm really Mm -hmm. proud of wow How, 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 how difficult is it for any person to have a successful daytime talk show Oh, my God. I think it's near impossible. I mean, in the time that I did my show, 11 years, and we used to go to the Natby convention every year, and there'd be, you know, a dozen, half a dozen new shows come and go, and they, you know, they'd last for, you know, not very long. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a rare 
talent. Like it's like yeah. I don't think it's something that was taught to me. I think it was like yeah. a natural fit, you know, for me. But um, it's a it's a unique relationship I think that you have with the world more than being an actor on a TV show. I feel like because Ricky was in everybody's living room and people ran home from school at three o'clock every day to watch Ricky Lake, watch Ricky Lake. Like literally, you know, I can see just from traveling the world with her, like we'll be in some hotel lobby in Australia and like, you know, like 10 gay men will come up to her like sobbing, you know, and say, oh my God, you, you validated us and you don't know what you meant. And, you know, I, and I think they have a different relationship with her just because the nature of that show, it's mm -hmm. like it's like she was the perspective of the audience. You know yeah. what I mean? Like wow. she was she was sort of your lens into this like world of, of madness. So it's it's interesting to see. I've never really seen um, I've never really seen anybody where it's kind of like her fans appreciate her in a way like yesterday we're walking down the street and people are screaming her name down the street in New York that's Ricky Lake I saw you on Wendy Williams this morning hi Ricky hi Ricky like just, she just feels mm -hmm. approachable mm -hmm. more approachable in that way because I think we lose sense of how many people grew up on her like it was one of the original Absolutely. formats and I think the 90s there Celebrity actually meant something in the yes. name. Mm. Yes. It doesn't yes. Well, anybody yeah. seems like a celebrity. You can lick a, yes. you can lick the bottom of a toad's foot now and be a TikTok star. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. celebrity yeah. meant something in yes. the 90s. And it feels like everyone or a lot of people have an agenda. Like mm -hmm. it's like it's whether yeah. to sell a product or mm -hmm. push some, you know, and I guess in a way we are pushing our, but our thing is to help women. You know, oh, our, like documentary. I, our documentary. Our documentary. Our big... It's like, it's, yeah, <laughs> you know, but yeah, celebrity has changed. I agree. And and just the tone that like, like, I don't know how you guys do it. I don't know if you ever like second guess what you're about to say for fear of like, like backlash or something. But I feel like I was able to say, you know, I, I didn't have to like censor myself before like, I say it. Getting canceled. You know? Yeah, yeah, we've been canceled a million times. We've, I mean, we've been doing it for twelve years, so yeah. it's like things have changed over the. But past has it years. shifted in these twelve <laughs> oh, yeah, years? 100%. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Mm -hmm. So it's things that they try to go back and cancel us for. But yeah. when we <laughs> said it back ago. then, it was yeah. nothing. Right, you know, right, right, right. So it's just that's the weirdest part to me. Yeah, yeah. Because nobody wants to have the conversation about how culture shifted. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of yeah. hard to hold people yeah. accountable for things they said. Yeah, in public forums. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, culture no, shifted. Exactly. Right. I, I felt like that last night when we watched both our movies back to back, you know, and we were watching this movie we made 14 years ago and I, I'm a little nervous watching it, you know, just for mm -hmm. that reason. Because you're sitting there like, oh, did, did we have enough people of color in the movie? Oh, God, we just said something about Britney Spears in the movie. You know, you know things mm -hmm. that like today might not fly. Mm -hmm. you know? I was going to ask, we always talk about the Mount Rushmore of things, right? Much more, Mount Rushmore of comedians. Mm. What's your Mount Rushmore of talk show host. <laughs> okay, Oprah for sure. Oprah, Donahue. I loved Donahue mm -hmm. back in the day. Mm -hmm. uh, I loved Arsenio. Let's... I watched him every Oh, night. can we do late night too? We can talk oh, late night? Oh, sorry. Let's keep okay. it daytime. Oh, he daytime. did Okay, yeah. daytime. Let me think. Oh my God, throw some names at me and I'll tell you what I think of them. Um, Oprah Donahue was a good start. You yeah, got two, yeah, you yeah, two yeah, more. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sally, Sally. Sally, Jesse Raphael. Sally. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, oh, Montel. Montel was a good guy too. Just did yeah. that show with him. Remember? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's more. There's more, but I'm like, there were so many. Come on. You there just was... did that reunion on Tamron Hall. Who was there? Oh, that was Rolando was there, and Montel was there. Mm -hmm. Rolando, yeah. When Tamron, when Tamron was up here like last week, and she said your name and Rolanda, and I was like, Rolanda. I mean, you know, of course, I just, I just, I didn't think of Rolanda. I hadn't heard that name in a while. I was like, oh shit, Rolanda. Mm -hmm. I mean, Tempest Bledsoe had a show. Mm -hmm. Carney Wilson had a show. I mean, That's right. yeah, everyone. Were those successful? Show. 
No, I don't think so. Oh. I think they only ran for the a Queen year. Queen Latifah, she had a show. Yeah. Queen Latifah, uh-huh. yep, yep, yep. I mean, I yesterday I went and did the Wendy Williams show without Wendy Williams, but it was in my old studio. Oh, wow. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I hadn't been back there in, like, 15 years, 16 years, something like that. I think that was Montel's old studio, too, right? Yeah, Mon- uh, Montel. Maury was there, too. Oh, it's okay. uh, the 26th Street Studios. But, yeah, it's all just, like... It just feels like these chapters in my life. And now with this new podcast I'm going to do, I get to go back. And right. I think it'll be good. Yeah, I wonder with the Raised by Ricky podcast, what did it make you miss most about doing the Ricky Lake show? The money. <laughs> <laughs> the money. I mean, it was funny money. I didn't even, like, like getting a bonus of a half million dollars come on come on that's and like the budget of our entire documentary <laughs> it was just it was crazy were you smart were you smart with your money or did you i'm okay yes okay. i'm 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 just fine i did not do like like oprah oh, i love rosie o'donnell too rosie's rosie. a great mm-hmm. great great friend of mine and a great talk show host um yeah i don't have like the money that that these other people have but i'm also <laughs> i saw jim carrey did an interview yesterday he's retiring he's like and he said he has enough and that's how I feel. I, I, I don't come from a place of the work I do is not about the money I make now. It's really about putting out good work. Do talk show hosts reach out to you to get tips now? And if and, They did. And, I'll tell you, Rosie and Ellen both called me before mm-hmm. they went and did their shows because they wanted to know what the schedule was like, what how it worked. Um, not late. Like, no, not not mm-hmm. of late. I've been off the air. Doing, I haven't done my show in so long. But but um, I feel like I, I do have some good pointers. Mm-hmm. And I would say the main thing is to be a good listener. That's, you know... I think that's what I was best at, is reacting to what I was seeing. You know, I didn't wear an IFB, mm-hmm. and that's something they fought me on every year. They just wanted, you know, the control room, and the producers wanted to have mm-hmm. access to me, and I didn't want anyone ever putting anything in my mouth, you know? So I would have cue cards if they needed me, but I refused to have an IFB. So I just I just love that, yes, that show back then, I didn't really know who I was, but, um, but I was in the moment and present and tried to be kind and tried to have some fun and do some good. I got one more question. Take us mm-hmm. water. Yeah. Just in case. <laughs> How does Ricky Lake want to be remembered? Oh my goodness. Um, has a good time. <laughs> I'm a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I am. <laughs> when I. <laughs> That's what you want on the tombstone. Yeah, Ricky I mean, Lake, well, she was a good. Time. I want you know. My, I want my legacy. Like I, it, it. It makes me happiest when people recognize me and know my work from the work I do with Abby, the business gotcha. of being born, these right. documentaries, I believe are changing the world, making the world a better place. And they're the most personal projects and they take a lot of work, a lot of effort. And I'm really proud of you them. You have shifted some culture. Yes, we have. we have. We have. Thank you guys for joining thank us. You so Ray, Abby, thank where, you so much. Thank you so much. Where can the documentaries be seen? Yeah. Yes, we're streaming. It, you can pre-order now at thebusinessofbirthcontrol.com. We're self-releasing it, so okay. we don't have a big studio behind us. You just go to thebusinessofbirthcontrol.com, and it's going to be streaming April 8th. All right. And the Ricky Lake Raised by Ricky podcast? Starting October 2022. Available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. All right. Well, thank it's the you. Breakfast Club. Thank you, Ricky Lake. Thank you, Abby. Oh, thank you. Such guys. a pleasure. Whoa. It's time, time, time. She's spilling the tea. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. Well, the Grammys were in Vegas over the weekend, and I was flying back from Atlanta when it was happening, but I did see some of the highlights. Now, for the top winners of the night, John Baptiste got four trophies, including Album of the Year for We Are. He went into the night with 11 nominations, and he got Album of the Year, Video of the Year, and then Silk Sonic 
took home two other big categories, record and song of the year for Leave the Door Open. Olivia Rodrigo was named Best New Artist and also won Best Pop Vocal Album and Best Pop Solo Performance. Um, we'll give you a lot of details about what happened, but let's get started with Trevor Noah. He opened up the Grammys, and here's how it started. Don't even think of it as an award show. This is a concert where we're giving out awards, all right? We're going to be listening to some music. We're going to be dancing. We're going to be singing. We're going to be keeping people's names out of our mouths. And we're going to be giving out awards all throughout the night. I wonder if last week's uh, events impacted the way Trevor hosted the award show last night. I mean, he's a comedian. Did he, did he really feel like, you know, I'm going to keep people's name out of my mouth because, hey, you never know. Yes. All right. Well, performers included Jay Balvin, John Batiste, uh, BTS, Billie Eilish, her, Lady Gaga, Cynthia Erivo, John Legend, Lil Nas X, and Jack Harlow. Nas. Nas. We're about to get into that right now. And here's Nas performing Made You Look. They shooting. Oh, made you look. You were slave to a page in my rhyme book. Getting big money, play ball, your time's up. Where them gangsters at? Where them dogs at? They shooting. Nah, made you look. Queens. Yes, and here he is. Um, oh, also here is Silk Sonic. They performed, and they also gave a speech. As we told you, they did win Record and Song of the Year for Leave the Door Open. We are really trying our hardest to remain humble at this point, okay? But in the industry, we call that a clean sweep. That's the All right? For all the other nominees, y'all know we love y'all. We love y'all. All right? Drinks is on Silk Sonic tonight. We getting drunk. Talk that talk. <laughs> they put out a great project. We getting drunk. <laughs> All right. And shout out to Jasmine Sullivan. She won for Best R&B Album for Hotels. Well deserved. I think that I wrote this project um, to deal with my own shame and unforgiveness around some of the decisions that I made in my 20s that weren't favorable. But what it ended up being was a safe space for black women to tell their stories, for us to learn from each other, for us to learn from each other, laugh with each other, and not be exploited at the same time. And um, that's what I'm most grateful for. So shout out to all black women who are just living their lives and being beautiful. Hotels is the perfect soundtrack for any whole face. Drop on the clues bombs for Hotels. Love that album. It was absolutely the best album of a... Uh, that was last year it came out, right? Yeah, I think for the Grammys it had to have been last yeah, it year. it feels so long ago. All right, now Doja Cat also won for Best Pop Duo Group Performance with SZA for her song Kiss Me More. And she actually was in the bathroom when they were announcing it and they were trying to get her to hurry back. I have never taken such a fast... In my whole life. Did she wash her hands? Probably Thank not. Thank you, everybody. And you know what? SZA, you are everything to me. You are incredible. You're the epitome of talent. Uh, you're a lyricist. You're everything. I, uh, I like to downplay. She didn't have time. But this is, uh, <laughs> it's a big deal. <laughs> If they called your name, would you have enough time to wash your hands? 
Live on television, no, you got to get there. You wash your hands after. And she probably had to pull up her, you know, it looked like she had like a onesie on underneath. That's not easy to manipulate your clothes. And I'm sure she didn't start running back once they called her name. She was out of breath. Yeah. When she got there. She was probably running back when the nomination started. All right, now we told you already, John Baptiste got four trophies and he had started out with 11 nominations, but he got the biggest awards. He got Album of the Year, Video of the Year. And if y'all don't know John Baptiste, here he is. Salute to my guy, John Batiste, man. That's a great brother right there. Dropping the clues bonds for John Batiste. A real mu- musician. One album of the year. And salute to uh, Jahan Sweet. That is a young man who I've known since he was a little jit. Uh, you know, he 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 won a, a Grammy for John Batiste's album as well. That's Lil Duvall's cousin. And All right. Well, John Batiste is the band leader of The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Mm-hmm. And by the way, he had recently uh, did an interview. And he got secretly married in February. He told CBS Sunday Morning. Uh, what happened and he was with his wife now for eight years and they decided to get married after she was recently diagnosed with leukemia for a second time by the way now here is his speech as he was winning you know I, I, I really I believe this to my core there is no best musician best artist best dancer best actor the creative arts are subjective and they reach people at a point in their lives when they need it most it's like a song or an album is made and it almost has a a radar to find the person when they need it the most man late show bands have had an amazing couple of weeks i mean with quest love winning uh and Oscar for Summer of Soul yeah. last week and John Batiste winning for Album of the Year at the Grammys. I wonder if that's ever happened. Have late show bands ever been this popping? Have people from late show bands ever been this popping? I don't know, but late show bands have to be amazing because that's a lot of work that they have to do and a lot of synergy every day. And then they also are really good at being spontaneous and just reacting to what's going on on the fly. I can't so. remember none. I remember Pauly. That's the name from back in the day on Letterman. I think that was his name, Pauly. I think. I don't remember too many Late Show bands. It's the first generation I remember. Like, you actually know who the Late Show band is. All right. Well, that is your Rumor Reports. Yeah, go shout out Tyler, the creator, DJ Drama. We didn't finish. We have to go. We're going to come back with more. All There's right. a lot more that happened. Right. Ukrainian President Zelensky also spoke. Oh, Drama? Uh, there's... Yeah, he Tyler the Creator. He oh. won a, he won a, um We're gonna get into more, don't worry. Yeah, he won one and uh, you know, drama, he was the one that was he voiced that album. He talked over the album. I didn't watch that. I mean, I didn't watch I, I saw watching when Wayno told them. them that they won, like um Oh, I did see that. Live, yeah. yeah. While I they were doing though. an interview. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who to my guy Wayno? All right. Well who are you giving your dog to? Man, we need Memorial Herman Hospital in Humble, Texas to come to the front of the congregation. Okay, let's start off this Monday morning with some trauma, why don't we? Uh we've been doing that, but yeah. All right. Four after the hour. We'll get to that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. I teamed up with Zyrtec for this allergy relief message. Springtime brings vibrancy to the air and pollen. So I take Zyrtec when allergy symptoms start. Save the tissues and live vibrantly with Zyrtec. Starts working at hour one and stays strong day after day. Don't be out here acting like a donkey. Hee-haw, bitch. Yeah. It's time for Donkey of the Day. Mm-hmm. I'm a big boy. I can take it. If he feel I deserve it, ain't no big deal. I know Charlamagne guy gonna have some funny sweet <laughs> say out his mouth. Just because I say something you may not agree with doesn't mean I'm mean. Who's getting that donkey? That donkey. That donkey. 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 Donkey of the Day right there. <laughs>
the, the Breakfast Club, bitches. You can call me the donkey of the day, but like, I mean no harm. All right, donkey of the day for Monday, April the 4th. Goes to the Memorial Hermann Hospital in Humble, Texas. Uh, they say everything is bigger in Texas, and that also applies to the size of the stupidity. Now, we talk about trauma a lot nowadays, okay? One of my favorite things to tell people is that if you don't deal with your trauma, your trauma will eventually deal with you. Everybody processes trauma differently. Uh, if you are trying to figure out what is trauma, it's simply an emotional response to something negative that has happened to you. Okay, it's three types of trauma. You got acute trauma uh, from a single incident, uh, chronic trauma, which is something repeated and prolonged, such as domestic violence or abuse, and then complex trauma, which is exposure to varied and multiple traumatic events, often of an invasive interpersonal nature. Okay, when it comes to today's donkey of the day and why Memorial Hermann Hospital is getting donkey of the day, it's because they caused... A queen named Betty Harris to have either acute or complex trauma. Now, what they did would have made for an incredibly traumatic but very entertaining April Fool's Day joke. But it didn't happen on April Fool's. It actually happened back in early March. March 7th to be exact, okay? Betty visited her husband, Brian Harris, at Deerbrook Skilled Nursing and Rehabilitation Center. Listen to what I said. Betty visited her husband, Brian Harris, at Deerbrook Skilled Nursing and Rehabilitation Center. The visit went well, okay? But the next day, she got a call from Memorial Hermann Hospital, and it went like this. Let's go to NBC News for the report, please. Back on March 8th, Betty Harris says she got what may be the worst phone call of her life. It came from a strange number she quickly learned was Memorial Hermann Hospital in Humble. He said, it's about your husband. I said, my husband? I said, my husband is in a rehabilitation. And he said, no, your husband is at the emergency room. I said, emergency room? So he said, yeah, he said, he stopped breathing. I said, he stopped breathing. I said, so what's, what's wrong? I said, he, what's, he, he all right? He said, he dead. Harris says she was devastated and also confused because she had just left her husband, Bryant, at the Deerbrook Skilled Nursing and Rehabilitation Center the day before, where he was recovering from a knee surgery. But at the hospital, Harris got an even bigger surprise when it was time to identify the body. No, that's not my husband. And I was, I was very upset. Harris says she learned the mix-up began at Deerbrook, where someone passed off Brian's chart when rushing another man to Memorial Hermann, where he died. Come on, it's a mistake, you understand? But it was just so horrifying. Betty, who are we suing for emotional distress? Okay. That's the kind of information, the kind of news that can cause fatally inducing stress. Betty could have had a heart attack right there on the spot. Betty could have taken that news so hard that she did something harmful to herself in that moment. She could have been so devastated that she could have killed herself. And she clearly really believed y'all because the news report said she called family and friends crying hysterically. Personally, if I was her, I would have called my husband. Okay, I'm not believing you dead until I hear it from you. Seriously, we live in an era where the internet is always killing people off. They're always making up stories at any given time. So the first person I would call when I hear about a loved one being dead is my loved one. If they don't answer, then there's cause for concern. Okay, then I start calling around the family and friends. But it doesn't matter because clearly Betty was in a state of shock. She was in a state of disbelief. Memorial Hermann Hospital for a brief moment remixed her whole life. And on top of that... She had to go down there and identify a body that wasn't her body. And all she received thus far is an apology. Huh? The Deerbrook Skilled Nursing and Rehabilitation Center apologized for the mix-up, but the hospital Memorial Herman has not responded to the incident. But the Rehabilitation Center basically said, my bad. 
Our team regrettably transferred a patient to the hospital with incorrect identifying paperwork. I appreciate the apology, but that doesn't take away the stress and trauma that I experienced simply because DoorDash bought me the wrong order. Okay, I hope Betty Harris sues the hell out of this hospital for emotional distress, okay, for the emotional harm that you suffered. If a hospital tells you that your husband died a day after you just left your husband in a rehab and you didn't even know he was in the hospital, then guess what? You deserve it all, okay? Betty, I heard you say you just want the hospital and rehab facility to have better communication between the two. I agree, but that means nothing. You are hurt, Betty, okay? Don't get up. All right. Stay on the ground. They didn't have a wet floor sign out. All right. Your neck is hurt. Your back is hurt. Your head is hurt. Wait, what do you mean you can't hear me, Betty? Betty, you can't hear me? Hello? Hello? What? You can't see me either? Oh, we have to do something about this. Sounds to me like you are entitled to some form of compensation. Okay? Please give a Memorial Herman Hospital in Humble, Texas the biggest hee-haw. <coughs> Where are the lawyers to help Betty out? Is this not a slam dunk lawsuit? My goodness. Come on now. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey of the day. Yes, indeed. Now, when we come back, our producer came here talking to us about uh, something that he's seen on TikTok. Now, oh, our producer's no. 55. He shouldn't be on TikTok, but what? I'm just joking. He was on TikTok, and he was talking about a, a grandmother that left her own rules for her own funeral. These are my rules at my funeral. Listen up. You could cry, but don't cry too much. Don't make a fool of yourself. Bertha is not invited. Don't let her in. And you better get drunk afterward. Take a shot for me. All right. What's wrong with that? That happens all the time. 585-1051. That just happened to be on TikTok, but people leave uh, stuff like that in their funeral notes, all this funeral notes all the time. I already know how I want my funeral to be. Do you have rules for your funeral? Let's talk about it when we come back. 800-585-1051. I seen an artist over the weekend. He passed, and they actually had a a party at a club for him, but had his body in the club. What? I saw that. I think his, his whole family was there. His mom was there. Every, I believe everybody was there. But um, I guess that's what he wanted for his. So let's 800-585-1051. What are your rules for your funeral? What is this is Monday, guys. Jesus Christ. I've actually dark, thought about this a, a whole lot. What a dark topic to start off with. 800-585-1051. Let's talk about it. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we're talking about rules for your funeral. Now, this came from uh, our producer was on TikTok, and he's seen this grandmother post this. Let's hear it. These are my rules at my funeral. Listen up. You could cry, but don't cry too much. Don't make a fool of yourself. Bertha is not invited. Don't let her in. And you better get drunk afterward. Take a shot for me. So we're asking 800-585-1051. What are your rules for your funeral? Let's start with you, Yee. What are your rules, if you have any? First of all, I used to have dreams all the time that I was at my own funeral, whatever that means. And so I just don't want my funeral to be really sad. I do want it to be, like, more upbeat and more like a celebration of life. And so I have thought about this and I think that I want to make sure that I plan it out so that it happens the way that I want. I don't want everybody to be like, you know, bawling, crying or really sad. I want them to be like, man, let's talk about some great memories and let's have a good time. Charlamagne? 
Uh, no, I do not have rules for my funeral. I'm too busy thinking about living to worry about stuff like that because truth to the matter is when I pass in about 50 plus years, it's no telling what kind of technology is going to be available or how we going to want to be laid to rest. And I can care less about what happens at the funeral. I care more about the business, the will, the estates, the life insurance. I understand grandma thinking about that because she's old. I'm not that old yet to be worried about what my funeral is going to be like in 50 years. They, they, might, they, might be, they might be shooting bodies to Mars because it's no more land. Well, you gotta, but things happen unexpectedly. And I also think planning your estate has to do with your funeral because they do cost money. And sometimes people pass and they don't have that planned out. And then it leaves a burden on people that not only are mourning, but having to put together a funeral and come up with some money. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, huh? the state, my state has been playing, and and um already. I, I hopefully yours, or you got four daughters. I'm sure you'll play this. Your, I just said that playing. I care more about the business, the will, the uh, estate, the life insurance. But as far as what happens at my funeral, why would I care? Yeah, I mean, I, I, <laughs> like, I don't. I care about I'm not gonna be. Here. I don't necessarily have rules. I mean, my family know who I f with and who I don't f with, so they know. Who, oh my who's, god, uh, petty already. I mean, they do. They know who <laughs> I would want there, who I don't want there. My exactly. family knows. They should know. The same people that don't come to the house. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Same. The same people that you don't be around, like you know that My like come on knows, so I, I don't have any rules and regulations um nah i, I mean i really don't care I, I want i really and this is gonna sound the cheap version of myself i just don't want them to spend a lot of money on it that's why I'd you plan keep the money on themselves but that's you know why you plan for it nah, like you can pay for your gonna funeral gonna do gonna do once again though y'all don't know what the world gonna be like in 50 years in 50 years they might just be shooting our ashes in the space uh, who knows we just <laughs> saw a lot of people die unexpectedly that weren't planning for it especially you know with the pandemic and a lot of things happening that they didn't anticipate it and it's sad so that's why I think it is important to make sure that you never know what oh, can happen. Oh, God. Y'all complicating this. The grandma is talking about people she wanted her funeral. She making it seem like a party. Hey, we ain't talking about just, all that other Just stuff. one question. Yes. You laying on your back or your stomach? I'm, I don't, I don't want to be... I don't want my body, period. I want to be cremated or something. Okay. I've always thought about that. I, I make me a tree. How you not see how they making everybody uh, trees now? You can bury them in, in a, spree, a tree of sprout. Do something like that. Make you a tree? Yeah. You know how stupid people go look in the future when they start digging up bodies and it's going to be all like the, the gelatin from the BBLs and the, the breast implants and the fake abs the men is getting and the Beijing. Like, you know how stupid stuff going to look in the ground when they dig stuff up in the future? They're not going to know what is what. Well, they're they be like, what were these creatures? Why would they have to dig up your ass? The same way they dig up stuff now. The same way we find cavemen's bones and dinosaur bones and stuff now. What are you talking about? Hello, who's this? Hi. Oh, my gosh. I made it to the radio. Hey, guys. This is Millie. How are you? Calling from Jersey. Good morning, Nilly. Hi. Okay. So, my funeral plans, this is something that I talk about all the time with my very close friends and family, but I actually want it to be um, invite only. I know that sounds crazy. VIP. <laughs> but I'm very private in my real life, and I want that to translate also in death as well. And I want everybody to wear emerald green because it's my favorite color. Okay. And then once, you know, the funeral services are over, I want to be cremated and planted as a willow or a cherry blossom. Dope. The tree is the thing. Hello, who's this? Kyle, Kyle what's up, man? You, you been, how, how would you plan out your, your funeral? What's your rules, bro? Yeah, my mom, it's for my mom. She said two of her sisters aren't invited because right now she doesn't get along with them while they're alive. And she told me and my sister that if we don't act right, we might not even be able to get, get in. <laughs> How's she going to be there to stop y'all? That's what I'm saying. It's like all of this is foolish. Now, but now, yeah, now, hey, now let's be honest. Man, the guy, you, you believe in spirit. I do. Now, your mom. Absolutely. Your mom's aunt, your mom's sister. So you're not going to let her in? Hey, if she tell me not to bring a man, they can't come in. It's her wishes. Oh, come on. You going to stop at the door? Nah, you can't come in here. 
<laughs> yes, sir. That's crazy. Yeah, but then you know you got to keep that same energy for the rest of your life. So when the aunt come over to the house, you can't let her in the house. When the aunt want to come to other events, you can't let her come. Now you're going to be sitting there I confused. Haven't I haven't talked to her in about six years. Who, your aunt? Yes. Oh, it's a dub for and her then. Not, not on purposely, though. Mm. All right, family drama. I get it. All right. Thank you, brother. But yeah, uh, I just want to say, Charlamagne, Charlamagne, I read all your books, man. They really taught me a lot, bro. And EMV, I love all the car collections. I love to see you do. And beautiful as a week, I love you just the way you are. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you, King. 800-585-1051. We're asking, uh, do you have rules for your funeral? All right, let's talk about it. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. I know it, man. I know it, you Call me. Add your opinion to the Breakfast Club top. Come on. 800-585-1051. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we're asking, uh, do you have rules for your funeral? Now, this came from uh, a grandma that posted this on TikTok. <laughs> She a grandma, grandma too. She not a fifty-something-year-old, sixty-something-year-old grandma. <laughs> she grandma, she grandma. a grandma, grandma. These are my rules at my funeral. Listen up. You could cry, but don't cry too much. Don't make a fool of yourself. Bertha is not invited. Don't let her in. And you better get drunk afterward. Take a shot for me. So we're asking eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. Do you have rules for your funeral? Hello, who's this? Brianna. Hey, Brianna. Peace, got, Brianna. You got some rules for your funeral? I do. So this might be real petty and even evil-spirited, but I have a living will and causes that says my mama cannot come to my funeral at all. Wow. <laughs> and this is because she and I have not had a relationship since I was 17, and she has never wished me well. She's never done anything loving towards me while I've been on this earth. But you can't stand over my body while I'm dead. No, if you can't give me that energy while I'm alive, you can't come to my funeral. Have y'all tried to fix it in any way, Queen? Y'all been to any therapy as a, as a family or anything? Oh, yeah, we, we tried. You know, when I turned 30 last year and when it came to the point of her being accountable and just being an adult for certain things that she did wrong as a parent to her, she did everything she could. She was the best mother. There's no wrong that she did. So things ended again. So. Wow. Damn. I yep. respect it, you, you know. I, sometimes when you pray to God to take negativity out your life, you know He not He He's he swinging at He's not just swinging at spirits. He's swinging at people and things that are the embodiment Absolutely. of that negativity. And it can be your mom, it can be your dad, it can be people that you think you supposed to love forever. Yep, I mean it's even my mom and anybody that's with her that wants to gossip and come, <laughs> you can't come either. And if y'all let her come, and I see y'all in the afterlife in paradise, I'm coming to find y'all. Oh that, goodness gracious! Goodbye. <laughs> so, you know how petty you gotta be to hold a grudge into the afterlife <laughs> hello who's this hey this is Kaden how y'all doing Kaden what's going on brother not much man I'm just here at work alright so we're asking do you have uh, rules for your funeral oh uh, yes sir so everyone's gotta wear a Halloween costume okay. and including my dad he's gotta <laughs> wear the Grim Reaper costume what you want him to wear the Grim Reaper costume I'm gonna make my dad wear the Grim Reaper costume and yeah. then what do you want them to do while they're there in costumes I don't know. I'm not going to be there to mediate anything, so I'm not going to be too bothered by it. Why would your dad still be alive? Oh, uh, if, if. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is the crazy thing. We we planning these things and we saying things like, oh, anything, you know, anything. things happen so unexpectedly, but you sure is making plans for other people like they're going to be here. 
Yeah, I just need one person to wear a Grim Reaper costume. <laughs> yeah. He done changed it now. He's like, you know what? My dad might die before me. That's usually how it works. I mean, that's how it's supposed to work. Parents die before the kids, sir. Yeah, stuff happens sometimes. It does. All right. Well, you have a good one, sir. Hello, who's this? It's Tone from Far Rock, Queens. Tone from Queens. Queens, what up, brother? Ain't nothing regular. So Ain't nothing regular. <laughs> <laughs> What's goody? What's goody, bro? Regular, um, just come to, come to my wake hot when you're telling me bye. Oh, Lord have mercy. How old are you, sir? 40, 40 what? 42. Yeah, exactly. 42-year-olds quote things like that. Come to my wake high when you're telling me about. You don't want them high at your wake. They probably will be, though. because anything else is fake. True. I'm not mad at it. All right. Well, you have a good one, sir. You know what I'm saying? Okay. No, but you have a good one. Queens of the day. That's a rap. That's a lyric. I know, I know. Who is that? Come to my wake. That's Biggie, right? I think that's Biggie. All right. Well, what's the the moral of the story, guys? I I don't know if there is a moral to the story. I mean, everybody's doing some pre-planning. You know, I'm not mad at it. I'm just not thinking about stuff like that right now. I'm thinking about living. All right. Well, we got rumors on the way. Yes. And let's talk about Gerard Carmichael, his new HBO special. People were talking about it because he revealed that he recently came out to friends and family. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Listen up. It's just in. All the guys. The Rumor Report with Angela Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Well, Elon Musk bought 9.2% stake in Twitter, so now he is the largest shareholder. News of that purchase sent Twitter stock uh, shares storing 24% in pre-market trading. So he did not disclose what he paid for the shares, but his stake was worth $2.9 billion as of the close of trading Friday and $3.6 billion after the spike that happened this morning. So he, he owns 9% now. He's a a majority owner, you said? Well, he's the largest shareholder. The la- largest shares. shareholder. Yeah. Okay. The moral of the story is talk spicy about Elon Musk on Twitter if you want to. You get your account deleted, okay? <laughs> Immediately. They're going to send your account to Moss. All right? Keep playing. Now, some people feel like he intends to go active and force change at Twitter. And we don't know what's going to happen. But he is passive still with that 9.2%. So... Uh, we'll see what happens and what does that mean. But, you know, uh, last week, his girl, well, I guess it's his ex-girlfriend now, uh, Grimes, had another baby via surrogate. And so she revealed that last week. But he does have a new girlfriend. So according to sources, the article about their relationship caught her a little off guard. Her name is Natasha. But uh, she said that this was all before her. They're no longer together. So she's fine with the fact that he just had another baby. All right, comedian Gerard Carmichael has revealed that he is gay in his new HBO special, Rothaniel. And you can't really just find it on the internet. You got to see the special in order to see the whole thing. But he give he gave some details about his family history and his experience coming out. He said that his father cheating on his mother became public knowledge. And he said, after that was out in the open, I was left alone feeling like a liar because I had a secret one that I kept from my father, my mother, my family, my friends, and you professionally, personally. And the secret is that I'm gay. So here's the quick clip that we do have. Um, oh, we don't have it. We don't have a clip. Wait, wait, wait. He's running in. He's running in. And here is the clip. Mm-hmm. And the secret is that I'm gay. That's all we got? That's all we have. All right. I watched that this weekend, and it's just amazing how when it comes to like uh, issues with our parents or things that our parents did, so many of us have the, the same backstory. But salute to my guy, Gerard Carmichael. 
A couple years ago on his HBO special home video, he told his mom he hooked up with dudes before, but I yeah. guess that's not the same as straight up saying I'm I'm gay. It's not? I, I would assume it is, but... I mean, I guess he wanted to make the actual statement and, and say it because he had never just said, look, I am gay. Hook it up with guys. It feels like it. You could be bisexual. You could consider yourself whatever, but he's gay. And he talked about he talked about it here on Breakfast Club a couple years ago. Yeah, he did. All right. Now, reports were saying that Kanye West is seeking help after months of unstable behavior for the sake of the kids. He said he's not making any public appearances or inflammatory social media statements, according to page six. But... According to his rep, Jason Lee, he is saying that is untrue. He said, yay, monitors all headlines pertaining to him and his family daily. And uh, Jason Lee said that yay does not respond to many headlines. But he said, if you don't hear it from his mouth, read it from his social media or get it from a press release. He approved. It's simply false. Oh. So for people who feel like that was true, according to his spokesperson, Jason Lee, it's not. So he's, so he's not getting help. No, <laughs> that we he has never said that. Well, we wish it was true. We we wish Kanye was somewhere uh, going to get getting getting some type of healing. Mm-hmm. All right, now let's take it back to the Grammys and things that happened on there. Cardi B ended up deleting her Twitter account, and she this was so weird to me. People were coming at her because she didn't attend the Grammys. Here's what Cardi B had to say about not attending the Grammys. Like I literally posted earlier today that in my house in New York with my kids, you could hear my kids in the background. When did I ever gave hints that I was going to the fucking Grammys? And for you to call me lazy and shit because I'm not going to an award, what? Why, why would I yeah, go to the award Do I have any new music? Why would I, I show up with one nomination? And I lost it anyway. So you wanted me to go to the Grammys, lose an award, and me just be there smiling like, that's great. That's great. Like, come on now, my nigga. Come on now. I don't like that shit. And people were being disrespectful to her and her kids over the fact that she didn't attend the Grammys. How like, do people let social media dictate their go, lives she, like this, man? She ended up deleting her Twitter after that. H how do people let social media I dictate their lives like this? Do you understand social media is the home of the most miserable people on the planet? And it's a small minority of people. You're giving a small minority of folks the power to completely ruin your day. Why? But when did it turn like that? Like, remember, <laughs> it used to be fun. Remember, social media, Twitter, Instagram used to be fun. And that was actually directing your steps. Like, those, people are, those people are never going to give you your props. They're never going to root for you. They're never going to celebrate you when you're doing good. So why are you giving them the power to ruin your day? All right. And just lastly, just speaking on the Grammys, congrats to all the winners. But Baby Keem featuring Kendrick Lamar did win for Best Rap Performance for Family Ties. Mm -hmm. And then Kanye got two. Best Rap Song for Jail and Best Melodic Rap Performance for Hurricane uh, Lucky Day. Best Progressive R&B Album, Her. Best Traditional R&B Performance. And Questlove, Best Music Film for Summer of Soul. So congratulations uh, to all of them, as well as Tyler, the creator, who won the Best Rap Album Award. Which they didn't even air on television. Nope. Mm -hmm. Which is so disrespectful. How you don't air the biggest genre in music today's category when it comes to best rap album on television. And he posted his acceptance speech via Instagram. So you can see it there. And that is your rumor report. All right. Now let's get to the mix, the people's choice mix. Let's go. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Hey, it's Angela Yee. Have you taken a look at the general insurance lately? Switch to the general and you could save over $500 on your car insurance. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. The General Auto Insurance Services, Inc., an insurance agency, Nashville, Tennessee. Some restrictions apply. Morning, everybody.
everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a shout out to Ricky Lake for joining us today. Salute to the great Ricky Lake, man. Make sure you check out her podcast, which I think is a phenomenal idea. Uh, I've been wanting to see, you know, people from that era do things like that for a while. Because, you know, if they're still here to tell their story, why not tell it? You know, why let documentaries come out 15, 20 years later and it's somebody else telling your story? So I'm glad to hear about her daytime talk show from her. Absolutely. And also uh, her friend, uh, one of the directors, Abby uh, Epstein as well. Yep. All right. When we come back, we got the positive notice to Breakfast Club. Good morning. Everybody is DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let me shout out to everybody out in Minneapolis. I was in Minneapolis over the weekend in Kentucky. They're right next to each other. I did a club called Newport. Uh, minority owned, so I wanted to shout to those brothers out there. And I did a little real estate seminar. Uh, they had like a panel, so I was on the panel out there. So shout to them. I ran into a, a, a lady that was mad and said I hung up on her. But I told her it was actually Red that hung up on her. It was not me. Damn. She came with a, a lot of gifts. She gave, she gave me some uh, t-shirts and stuff for you guys that I, I left at the crib. So I'll bring that for y'all this week. All right. Well, I do want to shout out to Notori and to two. They got married over the weekend. So congratulations to them. Really beautiful, amazing wedding. It's nice to see love like that. The two of them were so uh, you could just see it like it was beautiful. Just the whole weekend to see family and friends coming out to support them. I love you, Notori. So congratulations um, to both of you on your beautiful union. Nice. Now, Charlamagne, you got a positive note? Oh, before I do that, man, I just want to remind everybody that April is National Minority Health Awareness Month, and I got to salute the good brother Robert F. Smith, man. Um, on this past Friday, uh, I was in Harlem with Robert at the Wagner, at, in the Wagner Projects as he launched uh, the Mount Sinai Robert F. Smith Mobile Prostate Cancer Screening Bus. You know, and, you know, he's just hoping that it encourages more men to go out there and uh, get tested. For prostate cancer. So salute to Robert Smith, man, and uh, salute to Steve Harvey, Chris Tucker, Cedric Entertainer. They were all out there as well. And, you know, prostate cancer is something that all of us need to be thinking about. You know, black men are not only more likely to be diagnosed with prostate cancer, but are also more likely to die from low-grade prostate cancer, man. And when you think of brothers like, you know, Chadwick Boseman, think about, you know, brothers like our good friend Reggie Osei, Combat Jack, you know, they all wish they would have, you know, caught it earlier. So... That's why I'm encouraging brothers to go out there and, you know, get their prostate checked. And it's not all about that finger, neither. You know, it starts with a blood test, right? To see if you're predisposed. But there's some foreplay before the uh, the actual prostate gets checked. Okay? That's a fun fact that y'all might need to know. I don't know if it's one or two, Envy. But you'll see in a couple of years. You got about a year. Because you got to start getting tested at 45 now. They used to say 50. But 45 is when they want you to so start getting tested. goes and says... You, you, have you got your chest yet or no? I got the blood. I'm not predisposed to it yet. No, I, I got tested last year. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. How'd you like it? It was awkward. No, okay. 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 But, you know, I feel listen. like that, that the doctor should have a conversation with you beforehand before he just. Yeah, you know what up. that conversation is? You could possibly die. Okay. Because, like, have I, that conversation <laughs> first before you I'm just, just saying. Because like, black men are more likely to be diagnosed with prostate cancer and also more likely to die from it. That's all I need to know. He told my so, wife, he said, man, would you like to leave the room right now? <laughs> Jesus Christ. So salute to, salute to Robert Smith, man. He's doing great work. And uh, the positive note is simply this. Removing yourself from that repeatedly triggers your mental health and hurts your heart is top-tier self-care. Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done?